When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the I Was Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here. I said that slowly that time, Brent, so everyone can really keep that in their head. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. It's good to be back in the saddle uh, four weeks and one day since we mm-hmm. last podcasted, since we closed out the 21-22 season. Yep. We kind of thought we'd jump back on the podcast to talk about the relaunch of the FPL site. We are still waiting for this. Word is yeah. it's going to launch sometime, quote, in July. In July. Uh, but we couldn't resist, Josh. We had to, I think as you were saying, uh, wet our beak a little bit. Come back, yeah. talk a little bit about what's going on with summer transfer news in the Premier League and our early thoughts yep. ahead of the new FPL season. So have you been able to recharge a little bit with four weeks off here, Josh? How, where, where's, where's your head at? Yeah, I really did recharge. I think it's great that we had no... Um, no real off season. I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't pay any attention to the like international champions, whatever, whatever those things were nations called. League, the, right? the nations league. Right. And then there was a CONCACAF nations league too. Did not, I watched a couple friendlies. That was the extent of my, of my engagement. And so, yeah, I really did check out, which I, I think has been really helpful because this the last season, just, um, just a long one with all the COVID stuff. And, yeah. you know, it was, uh, I, I felt really fried at the end of it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm actually glad we didn't have a Euro or a world cup or anything to kind of, you know, there are times when, especially during World Cup summers, it feels like you basically never stop watching. Like every, every uh-huh. single weekend, there's there, there are matches. And then we're doing the World Cup first every stream day. of content. Exactly. But hey, what's better than that, Josh, when we can just do the World Cup and the Premier League at precisely the same time? <laughs> no. Yeah. So it's going to be a weird year. So just for anyone who doesn't know, the season, the Premier League season, and of course, FPL along with it, will launch on Friday, August 5th. So quite, quite early this year. Yeah. Uh, it is, it, it'll be properly summer when that, when it kicks, are they going to, I guess they'll probably do a, a, a charity shield, right? Like a charity shield in July. I mean, yeah. the, uh, the premier league in the UK writ large, they don't seem like a place that likes to do away with tradition. That's you know, true. They, they just got, they just finished their Jubilee, their jubilee. Uh, Josh. So <laughs> if you're suggesting they dump the charity shield, yeah. ain't going to happen. <laughs> so the season launches August 5th. It's a Crystal Palace host Arsenal Friday night game. It'll be great. I'm already uh, incredibly excited about it. And uh, about, about, I mean, about all of it. It's funny because like, you know, late May comes, I'm always fried I'm a month off and I'm just incredibly eager and excited for, yeah. for the guinea back. And so that's basically what this pod is about. We're going to talk about uh, some of the summer transfers that have gone through um, not, not all of them. Cause we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be doing team previews. We'll be, we'll be getting into much more depth, but just kind of like some quick hits on, on the new transfers. We're going to talk a little bit about how the world cup might affect our strategy, some changes this season. As you may know, Brennan, there's five substitutes, uh, predictions on some, on some position changes. Um, and, uh, just, you know, just some, uh, a little talk about promoted teams as well. So we're going to try to cover all that. Uh, in our normal um, allotment of time. Usually, I always think it's going to take us 45 minutes. It always takes us an hour and 15. So let's see yeah. how this goes. Um, a couple of quick notes, though. 
well, one thing we have been doing like a ton of behind the scenes stuff. And there's one thing yeah. in particular that I'm extremely excited to talk. Actually, there's really two that I'm really excited to talk about, uh, both of which I, I can't mention yet, but I, but you know, really cool stuff to come. However, I can mention that we're going to Las Vegas, Nevada, Vegas, the, baby. The last yeah. Week of July. Yeah. Our, our friends, our family, our ad network, blue wire, uh, many of you would would know their their little name under our our name and in, in mm-hmm. the podcast space. They have a professional, an amazing professional studio for podcasting and video stuff in yep. the win in Las Vegas. So July 28th, I think we fly out there yep. and we're going to be doing some video and podcast content with Blue Wire at the win. It's going to look amazing. Uh, and we always talk about doing more video content, Josh, and I'm mm-hmm. excited for Blue Wire to help us do that. So you're Anyone yeah. who wants to see uh, our anguished faces while we talk about <laughs> our, our our game week planning, uh, yeah. or or, or it's the rib week each before other the season, yeah, it's the week before the season starts, so the pressure is really going to be on yeah. uh, for this pop. We're planning to do some interviews as well, and, and you know, and, uh, yeah, again, do a little more video. We're trying to hope we're trying to do a little more of that this year. I don't think we're going to ever get to the point where we do a full on weekly you know, do the podcast on video. I, it's just, you know, it's just a style thing. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, um, you know, post the pod on YouTube more often, maybe we'll consider doing that, but anyway, uh, you know, so that we're really excited about going to Vegas in, uh, late July. And then, uh, we're going to the UK in October. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't nailed down the exact dates yet. We're waiting for some of those October fixtures to slot into their dates and times. We'll find that optimum moment. Like we're, we always look for that, game week where we can maximize the number of games we see is there mm-hmm. a friday fixture is there right. a monday fixture right. heck can we even see a europa league match we did on it once. thursday night yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh thank you stanford bridge for hosting us there so um for all of our uk listeners and we usually uh, base ourselves in london for these uk trips we'll definitely make plans to hang out have drinks yeah. see as many people as we can catch you at various matches if we can and because of COVID, it has been, it, we actually were last in the UK, Josh, right on the precipice. March 2020. Of, yep. of the old times. <laughs> we saw the entree of COVID. Yeah, I'm not we, saying we, we had hosted, anything to do with it. But. No, but we didn't help. <laughs> yeah, we hosted a super spreader event in uh, <laughs> in London in March 2020. Uh, did meet a lot of very nice people there, though. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it'd be a good question whether we do a lot of uh, travel. I, the question is whether I was so traumatized <laughs> by the English uh, rail system that I am willing yeah. to... I think we should just rent a car this time because I, the, 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 and I'm sure everyone in, in England feels this way, but the stress yeah. of being at the train station to hoping the train actually leaves. Like, yeah. or, I know, remember being at coin arrives. laundry with our, at our fan events in London and going through our itinerary with some of the listeners were like, Oh, we're taking the train up to Manchester for the Manchester Derby. And one of them was just like, laughed and was like good <laughs> luck with that on a weekend and i'm thinking like europe is known for its like amazing railway system what could possibly go wrong sure enough it was like the most harrowing train travel of our lives <laughs> somehow on the way back we ended up in leeds i don't really know what was happening it was crazy uh, all right so anyway so we got some fun stuff coming up and uh, we'll be back uh doing our patreon in full as well in in july sort of beginning that first week we'll be doing uh, an extra podcast each week and uh, we'll, we'll be, you know we'll, we'll talk more about the, the all the all the podcast stuff. If you want to jump on early and take advantage of uh, f- 
free free content in June uh, or, you know, access the Slack. You can do that right away. Just go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Um, all right. So, Brandon, let's get right into it, though. The opening question here. Okay, mm-hmm. we, we got a, a kind of a mailbag of questions that I want to talk about in this preseason pod. Uh, it comes from Mikey U, and he says, who is having the best and worst transfer window so far? To answer mm-hmm. this question, Brandon, I, I pulled some I pulled some key transfers that have come through so far. I, I don't want to get into the rumor game. That's yeah. that that's for you. That's your thing. You know, for me, I like a, I like a solid transfer. I like to see it on the Twitter feed. You know, yeah. that's that's a transfer for me. I mean, I guess you have to look to Manchester City. If and it seems hilarious that like the dominating force in the Premier League is again having an amazing transfer window. But what were they lacking last season? Well, they were lacking a proper number nine. Erling Holland is coming in from Dortmund. Easy peasy. Like he, you know, there's going to be a lot of debate about how necessary it is having Holland in your fantasy team. Surely, when his price comes in, and then also like. Rodri, I think, was a pretty divisive midfielder for City. Like he he took some of the blame for what happened against Real Madrid and the Champions League. And was he does he have enough to cover uh, enough of the midfield? And Calvin Phillips looks like he's going to come from Leeds into City. And Phillips is super dynamic. I think we'll have to see how he compares to how Rodri has fit in. Yeah. Uh, might not just happen for him right away, but those are like two supposed weaknesses for city that they have addressed. So I, I like their position here. Yeah. And I mean, Phillips when healthy, you mm-hmm. know, is, is a terrific player. He's really battled that the last couple of seasons, but we saw it with, with England, uh, right. In the, in Euro 2020 yep. as played in 2021. And, uh, he was, you know, he was, he was, extremely good in that. So I think that, I think, yes, I think it's a nice signing. What a, what a luxury to have a backup, you know, a backup defensive midfielder of his caliber. So I think, um, uh, or whatever you want to call him. I mean, I I wonder, I wonder what you will see from Pep this season, because it's been a while since he's had a big man up top, like Holland. He surely has more that he can squeeze out of a player like Jack Grealish does he play more of a double double pivot style? I mean, this, yeah. this is like going against like everything we know about Pep Guardiola, where it's just a, like 10 number 10s on the pitch running <laughs> around, know. passing it between each other. But I, I'm wondering what this portends, these signings portend yeah. for uh, a new a new tactic that Pep might unveil. Fantasy-wise, I'm feeling some real tension with Holland because I have been so burned so many years by jumping on an, an, a, a, you know, an off-season international transfer, right? Uh, an intra-league transfer, I don't worry so much about, right? But a player joining from another league tends to be, uh, there, t- there tends to be an adjustment period. However, I have very strong, and so, so my instinct is to not kind of go in on Holland. I think it's going to come in at like, you know, 11-5 or something like that, sure. right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, so my, my instinct is not go in on him. But then I remember that when Erling Holland joined Dortmund, he was basically the greatest forward the world had ever seen his first like six weeks there. Right. Yeah. It was like, he was just, he was unstoppable. And so uh, does he kind of, is he just one of those guys who just is a hot starter, you know, and he'll just, he'll just come in and he'll be like a wrecking ball. And I, so I don't know, like there's a, there's a real temptation to, to just take him off the bat because I, because of that hot moment that he had with Dortmund, uh, you know, I recall, I think it was our first season playing FPL 
And you had read the scouting report on Sergio Aguero, new signing from Atleti to Man City. Yep. Came in in game week one as a substitute, scored a brace and got an assist maybe. <laughs> um, so there is precedent here, yeah. especially with City. Or just take take a really class number nine from another league and fantasy gold. Yeah, or he's Lukaku, you know, and I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, Lukaku didn't get found out last season at Chelsea for a couple of game weeks, I yeah, think, which that's was true. He had really that one the, good one, yeah, against Aston Villa or something, and then... Uh, against Jed Steer. Thank you, Jed Steer, for pulling right. off my captaincy pick that game <laughs> Yeah, I, think, I don't know if it's like uh, finalized yet, but it looks like he's going back to enter on like a... Yeah. I think it must be a loan deal. I don't think they're selling him back. Uh, they're probably... I, I'm sure they're going to see if, see if you can, you know, like really do an raise his transfer value his back transfer up. Value, exactly. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, Man City and, and Liverpool, I think, honestly, too. I mean, Liverpool are more interesting because they it's it's kind of one in one out. Right. That Mane leaves for Bayern, which I don't know. I mean, it's it's sad just because I love to watch Mane play. It's not like he's dead. I mean, I'll still see him in the Champions League. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's like of all the clubs, it's like the, he's going to like the best club. You know, just kind of, it's kind of a shame. Like he's not, you know, it'd be fun yeah. if it seemed to go somewhere where he could be like the man. But I, I don't really see the what would be the point of it. I think him. he had yeah. to go to Bayern for the money. Like this is a move where it, it's like a bomb yang to Barcelona. I've got one move left in me. Yeah. Let's get paid. Can we talk about how profoundly weird the Champions League final was for a second? <laughs> that was a deeply unusual game. It's like I haven't, I didn't. Like once that was over, I didn't think about it again. I'm not a Liverpool fan, so that helped. But I, it's like it was just a the dullest final, right? It was just like a weird one. I mean, I, I guess they had all those shots and it was just a, it was just a, uh, the Cotois game, but it was just a, it was strange. It was a Cotois game and Liverpool just seemed like they ran out of gas at some yeah. point. I think there was so much poured into the title challenge. Right. And then you flip it on Real Madrid, who they had everything to play for in that match yeah. on top of all of their Champions League final experience. Yeah. And the miracle comeback, right, you know, against mm-hmm. Man City. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wasn't mad at it. Yeah, I'm also kind of a neutral here, not being a Liverpool supporter. I, I feel like if you're, you've got to give respect to Real Madrid, and, yeah. and they did it. And I became a, a Vinicius fan through the course of the Champions League knockout stages. Like, that guy is fun to watch is it's, yeah is uh nunez is darwin nunez as fun to watch as Vinicius jr i don't know i mean what <laughs> what, what do you think about it? i mean it's 82 million dollar signing that's a massive signing uh, it does feel like they overpaid for yeah. nunez i i don't i can, i'm not going to profess to be an expert on this guy but going back to the champions league i do remember watching the liverpool benfica tie and he stood out to me like he was clearly yeah. like the camera was going to him because yep. he was yep. their younger forward players. But I just watching him play yeah. Liverpool, I thought Very this impressive. guy's a stud and he's yep. got potential. Yep. So we'll see. I I think we'll watch him with great interest. And now you've got a lot of people vying for your fantasy attention up front for Liverpool still, even with Mane leaving. Yeah. Because I mean, Mane leaving yeah. is actually nice because he was always <laughs> over up overpriced <laughs> yeah that's uh, true. in comparison to sala it's a cool rebuild too in some ways i mean because you know you basically it's like you if you think of nunez in for um firmino and um 
Luis Diaz in for for Mane, yeah. right? And then Ojoda as kind of a jack of all trades player yep. who can fill a bunch of different positions. And then and then you got Salah still on the right. I mean, it's it's a, it's an impressive rebuild on the fly, you know. And I yeah. think. Um, yeah, fantasy wise, we'll just see about all the prices. I mean, I think Nunez comes in as a forward. I think Jota comes in as a forward too. I mean, if they base it on last year's position, you know, it's like the question is always, do you base it on the previous year's position or where you think they'll play this year? You know, but I, I think, I think they probably will base it on last year's position. Um, that's kind of what happened with Saint Maximin, right, where he played a handful of matches up front and they made him a forward, even though he's really never been one. You know, and so I, yeah. I think, I think we might see Jota as a forward this year. Um, and and which I think is we need more forwards. So I'm I'm all for it. Uh, OK, let's go back to the Champions League, soon to be Champions League club, Newcastle. Right, Josh, after the season. Um, Possible. Nick, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who, who knows? You're going to need more than just Nick Pope. But yeah, he Nick Pope was the goalkeeper to get, especially if you're Newcastle and you can pay yeah. any price. So here here's my question for you, Josh, on Nick Pope. If he comes in at 5.5, which is probably the most likely scenario, yep. I feel like he's probably not on the table for fantasy managers. If he comes in at 5.0, yeah. uh, Jordan Pickford style, is he like straight in? He won't. But if he did, he would be. Yes, I think. I mean, they the players, they make 5.5 in the goalkeeper. It's all, They're always too many. That we need more. We need more goalkeeper parity. I, I, we need more five million uh-huh. goalkeepers because uh, everyone ends up defaulting to the same cruddy, you know. Because we all, we have all. I mean, Brandon, you more than anybody, maybe listening to this podcast, know <laughs> the, the the perils of having a, a six million keeper. You it's keep a hard one to pull off. Yeah, you keep saying you'll never do it again, and then every year you find a new way to, to do. do it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, I think. Um, I think he comes in at five, five. I think that's like, that's like, that'd be like a mortal lock for me in terms of a price prediction. Uh, I mean, the word would be six actually, that he came in even higher. That would be the, the scary. That's scary yeah. I, I, I think that seems improbable, right? It's Unlikely. just like yeah. 5.5 nailed on price. Yeah. Not even a price prediction. That's a, I'm going to stamp that one, Josh. That's a price fact. That's an always cheating lock. It's our lock of the week. Um, All right. So let's move on to a couple other clubs. Arsenal have a lot going on right now. Uh, They signed uh, Fabio Vieira, 38 million signing from Porto, a uh, attacking midfielder. Uh, I read a nice profile of him. It actually got me kind of excited about him. Uh, Just for anyone who is listening to the podcast for the first time, I'm an Arsenal supporter. Brandon's a Fulham supporter. We'll talk more Mm -hmm. about Fulham in a few minutes. Uh, But they, uh, you know, in attacking mid, he's extremely aggressive and sometimes, this is a quote from the article, uh, can be a bit selfish, Brandon. And that is the a great, great thing to hear as from a fantasy perspective. You want selfish. So, you know, Mo Salah is selfish, right? Yeah. That is that is a glorious thing. Sergio Aguero, selfish. Like you want selfish players in your fantasy team. So I am suddenly like all in on the on the Vieira bus. And there's lots of other stuff going on too. I mean, Gabriel Jesus, um, David Ornstein reported, and then I, I saw it again um, uh, by Fabio. Well, what's his name? The guy who does like all the transfer stuff. Um, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Um, it looks like that is now a done deal. Like Gabriel Jesus is coming to arsenal so that that is really exciting um just you know say what you will about gabriel jesus but i mean he's a, a you know a terrific player i mean it's like you know you can't really yeah like maybe like man city could afford to to, to lose him but that doesn't 
say anything about him necessarily. I think that it's a great signing. I agree. I think uh, his price is going to be an interesting one because Arsenal, I think Arsenal could be a great place to start in the fantasy season with some mid-priced assets because they're not going to be playing their strongest 11 to start in the Europa League. Right. So all of their starters are likely going to be fresh week in, week out yeah. for our fantasy team. So I, I like that. And um, uh, yeah, I, uh, God, I, I'm blanking on my Norwegian friend. Uh, um, who oh, Odegaard? I, Odegaard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, the, this, this midfield signing of Viera, I don't know how that impacts him. I mean, I think it might help him because he was maybe just the only one playing through the middle. It made some of Arsenal's moves kind of predictable. Yep. Odegaard out to the right to Saka. Saka dribbles to the corner, tries to find Odegaard again yeah. to then dump the ball to the number nine. So I I don't think this hurts any Arsenal attackers. I think this no. is just going to make them a bigger goal threat all around. Every every top team has a bunch of attacking. I mean, outside of maybe Liverpool, honestly, I have like a bunch of attacking threats to, to spare. And that's just, you know, uh, so I, I think it'll be great. And then, you know, Rafinha is still being rumored as well. And if that happened, that would be terrific. I've also heard Rafinha rumors for um, Spurs, right? For Spurs. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think that would be fun. Um, you know, I, I initially said, oh, it'd be fun to see him in like a number 10 role. And he's, you know, someone pointed out that he really isn't a number 10, nor does Conte really play in a number 10 role. So I think maybe you, you maybe it's more likely that, um, um, or as I said, kind of doesn't, doesn't really have a number 10 role, yeah. but you could see him maybe on the, on the right wing. And then maybe that pushes Kulisevsky back to a right wing back spot, which is yep. where, um, Conte tried to play him at the start of, um, like when, when he signed in, in January. So, I mean, that would be, wow. Like that would be exciting. I agree. I think Spurs, there's a lot of upside there. And then Perisic, who is probably, or Perisic, uh, depending on, you know, what planet you're living on at the moment. Um, <laughs> It, he was maybe like the first signing that we saw after the season closed out. Now, yeah. 33 years old, um, it's always it's always hard to reconcile a player's age when they're kind of coming in new at that yeah uh, at, at that at that age. But what do you think about Perisic? I mean, he he's got the pedigree. Yeah, uh, he can play out left where then you've you as we were talking about how Conte is now building out the right hand side of the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, given his given his age, I, I think that he's he's like a squad player. Right. I mean, he's not in a free, you know, it's not like it was like a massive, uh, you know, signing. So I, I think that's great. I mean, I, again, this is like what you want to see if you're supporting one of these clubs. You just want to see more squad depth. Right. Because we just see every year. I mean, it's like it'll take one week. You know, like by, by game week two, we're going to be talking about, you know, injury crises all over the Premier yeah, League. It, it's, right. it's you know inevitable. And it's not like there are nailed on starters in the fullback position under Conte. Doherty had a major injury. Sessegnon is, as you know, he has his his uh, strong points, but he's kind of lightweight, uh, all yep. things considered. Emerson Royale uh, is, you know is not the best player no he's that's a generous yeah definitely not the best yeah, yeah so I, I i like this idea that that conte is just strengthening the fullbacks yeah. and that will just that will uh, probably even make sun and kane that much more appealing well, speaking of spurs i mean uh we have another they have a, um, another signing which is uh use basuma which i think is a great signing like just i mean i don't know that he's the, he's the greatest position of need for them but 
he's an excellent player. And, you know, it's just, you can really never have, I mean, we talked about this with Calvin Phillips, right? Like just deep lying sort of, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's more of a traditional defensive midfielder. I feel like maybe Phillips is a little more versatile, but I mean, I think Basuma would be a, a excellent addition for Spurs. Yeah, I wonder if the concern is that Hoyleberg is uh, maybe not as fit as he once was, lost a little bit of pace, and can't if you're score. playing, can't, can't do much. I mean, Basuma is one of the great 4.5 fantasy players who <laughs> you have him just for that. Yeah. Every match around the 85th minute, he's going to let one fly from 40 yeah. yards out. That's true. Kind of like Hoiberg, honestly. As I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what price he comes in. I guess he'll get like a 0.5 million price bump, right? So he'll be 5 yeah. million now for, right. for Spurs. Um, all right, let's, let's a couple other clubs here. Uh, oh, yeah, as we mentioned uh, Nick Pope already. Let's see, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, uh, Spurs. Uh, Leeds, Brandon, yeah. signed a, a 36 million pound signing. I did not know that an American could be sold for that much outside of Christian Pulisic. So, yeah, uh, yeah uh, congratulations to Brendan Aronson. <laughs> I, like from... won, I like how it's like he won a contest or something like that. Come on it down, kind of Brendan. It feels that way, yeah. <laughs> so American winger Brendan Aronson signs from RB Salzburg. And we have an American coach and an American winger on the same in the same club it's just incredible like this is yeah. you know i'm just I'm, I'm feeling so i mean yeah it's a, it's it's a nice it's nice to have a something feel good about something yeah. uh american right and now. aronson was rumored when um uh, jesse marsh came to leeds initially there was still uh there was still hope that he might uh sign some players and Again, going back to the knockout stages of the Champions League, uh, Brendan Aronson played really well in that tie against Bayern Munich, where they almost yep. uh, knocked them out. And I think he is—he can kind of play a little bit of anything in that you know, number ten to the left or the right. He is a make things happen sort of a player. Uh, so you know, you kind of put him in that Odegaard type of role where, uh, you know, he may end up being a fantasy player where, uh, he doesn't do anything, uh, and has one or two weeks where he looks like a world beater, yeah. or maybe he could end up being a very cheap trickler of fantasy points. The cheap trickler, you know, it's a great <laughs> band just turned into a great way to play. A fantasy. mix between cheap trick and Dick trickle famous NASCAR <laughs> driver. I think so. Or Colt, Colt trickle was the name of, uh, Tom Cruise's, uh, Race car driver in Days of Thunder. There we go. It was. Listen, yeah. it's all happening here. So, um, yeah, I think that's a fun sign. I mean, basically, he's the Rafinha replacement, right? So I think that's um, – they're, they're going to be like – it's a very uh, – t- there's a lot of small white guys in that in that team <laughs> up front right now. Yeah. You're going to have uh, him and um, – Jack Harrison. Jack Harrison. Gelhart in there. Patrick Gelhart. Yeah, and then what's his name? The uh, the Welshman too. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Daniel James. Of Daniel course. James. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of five eight and under dudes. So you we'll can see. tell we've had a few weeks off here, Josh, because we we have a lot name. of like, yeah, who is that guy? I know <laughs> I he's know. Norwegian. He's I know. Welsh. <laughs> this is we're like shaking the rust off here a little bit. Um, and so just a couple other quick notes uh, with Chelsea. Uh, Raheem Sterling is rumored to have there, which I think could be uh, a really interesting move. Um, they sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they already have enough yeah. wingers. I don't get that defense. at all. Uh, I think Sterling needs to go to Newcastle. That's the move for him. I like that move too. You know, I think I think Rashford too. Send them both over. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like a see who wins. It's like a battle royale. You know, like see who emerges. <laughs> yeah, St James Park is kind of like a cage, a giant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Death, death cage sort of thing. <laughs> 
Uh, and then West Ham, uh, just, I'm just noting this one, Brian, I, I can't say I know much about him, but, uh, Naif Aguerd, uh, is a 40 million Moroccan who, uh, Moroccan center back who signed from, uh, from Wren. And, um, you know, I just, I just know this because in terms of who had a good transfer window, um, I feel like it feels like West Ham really needed a center back. Yeah. I mean, you know, they just, their, their aging center back squad was not going to last much longer. And so uh, it seems like a great signing for them. It does. Yeah. And I, I think that West Ham will be an interesting pick. I mean, they obviously played a really strong season last season. Their player, like they're not over the hill like Perisic is. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've got a good young squad. And I don't know, Fabianski, is he now the old, old guy now? Wow. Now that they're they're yeah. swapping in newer, younger center backs. You know, He's they like 37, need right? So, yeah. Well, they, didn't they bring in? They brought in Fulham's old keeper, oh, right? Areola. So yeah. is, is he ever going to play? Uh, I like yeah, that he's, guy. He's in the way. He's waiting in the wings. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a good player apprenticing right now mm-hmm. um all right well that that's so of all these clubs uh if i were to pick the best window i mean you know if everything co- you know arsenal they have um Will- william saliba coming back too from france and he was terrific last year and they have three strong center backs so i think i actually think if everything kind of comes across the line that i think arsenal might be having my favorite offseason so far yeah and they have to do it like yep. with newcastle spending uh, yep. and and spurs being as good as they are if they're going to get into the top four uh, yep. any at any point in the next decade this yep. is the season they just just uh tank the europa league probably yep. unless there's a miracle and just go for fourth spot back to the wenger yep. days i think if spurs get rafinha then the rafinha basuma parasitch is a pretty fun trio of, of signings as well mm-hmm. um so i mean obviously you have man, man city and liverpool but they're they're sort of like they've got like one big signing in both cases you know it's mm-hmm. not quite um anyway they're already good it's, it's less fun it's more fun to go to see if a team can go from like b yeah. plus a minus you know to like yeah they they had the best transfer windows just by virtue of, of being them <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> being yeah being there Hey listeners, Brandon here. Our next partner, Athletic Greens, has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because during the last two years, my routine went so out of whack that skipping breakfast honestly became a bad habit. And now I've been on AG1 for about three months, and I love it. I really do. It's easy, it's fast, and I'm feeling energized each morning. And with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, sleep habits, all of the things. And a few other things that you're going to love about AG1, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's got this little citrus bite to it, which I really enjoy. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including no kid hungry here in the U.S., Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. 
No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make things easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you, an always cheating listener, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash always cheating. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash always cheating to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, all right. So that, that's, that's the answer. That's a long answer to Mikey's question. Um, let's look at some more questions and this one, Brandon, I don't think we should answer this question, but I'm, I'm going to put it out there okay. to get the ball rolling. People listening to this podcast. Cause I think it's an important, there's like nine questions here. These are nine important questions. Um, Byron Bruce says, how are you guys letting the December world cup affect your strategy? Are you targeting those fighting for their places in, in each nation's teams? Are you avoiding those so we playing at 60% to avoid injury? Are you planning to jump on non-participants at Christmas to avoid those having a post-tournament emotional slump? Or is it simply business as usual? For me, it feels like a huge set of unknown variables and some room for innovation. Uh, I love the positive aspect here, Byron Brew, of looking for innovation. Always look for innovation. Yep. The problem is innovation so rarely works in fantasy. Like this is a... Uh, seems like a classic moment for FPL managers to just simply overthink it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it, it, it just remains, get the best players on the best teams as best you can find some form players and uh, go from there. I do not plan to have the world cup affect my FPL outlook at least until October uh, when, you know, squads yeah. start. I, I mean, it, when will squads be announced but i i don't know that there if there is a player on the bubble for their national team and they're fighting for their place in the squad i mean name one of those players in the premier league who would also simultaneously be on your fantasy bubble i I just don't think so i think most of the players we're getting in are either uh already in their national sides because of their quality or they're uh just that's just not a factor I think that it's it's a question that will be extremely pertinent in December. I I, I think this fall, it it, it I, I'm not too concerned about it. The one thing I'm hoping, you know, the the game is um, launching obviously a little bit later than we all kind of expected, and 
Um, I think one thing they're, they're doing is two-factor authentication, which I think will be great. They've already promised that. Um, and, and that probably is a complicated rollout. So I can understand why that anyone who's worked on a web project in their job knows that, <laughs> yeah. uh, this stuff is always more complicated than it seems. And I have um, more text messages from outlook than I do from my wife. I'll tell you that. Yeah, much. exactly. Exactly. It's a heavy, it's a heavy lift, you know? So I think, um, uh, you know, I, I, but one thing I'm hoping that they do though, is roll out a few changes of the game. I, you know, I think that it would be great if you had to use one of your chips the first half of the, just like, basically like, I, I feel like what it can end up being a situation where basically all of our energy is focused in the second half of the season, if we're not careful. And the first half is just like a thing we get to get through until the, the world cup happens. But I think if you make a couple changes to the game, like maybe it's, um, what I would love to see is like, you know, um, like a basically like an additional wild card that you get before the game resumes in December. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that would make things a lot easier. Cause then you could basically just, um, go wild the first half of the season, you know, great treat, pun on wild card right there, Chuck. Yeah, exactly. Just really go for it, you know, go wild. And then, uh, and then, and then kind of, you know, and then you could just kind of play like normally in some ways though too, right. You could play your normal wild card game at three or whatever, if you wanted to. Um, and then, uh, and then you could, you get a chance to reset, which I think is going to be really important because a lot of people yeah. aren't going to come back early and then, um, surely they won't. Right. I mean, even like when the world cup ends in July, you know, if, if a player makes it to semifinal or the final, they don't join until like six weeks later, you know? Yeah. And so I, we don't know how that's going to play out this time around. It'll be different because they're obviously in midseason form, I guess, yeah. but it's just, it's just going to be a weird one. My uh, hope is that know. the the FPL site already has the plan in place for this when the game launches. You know, yeah. We'll all remember the, you know, the bonus COVID free hit that came last season. And that became really divisive because, uh, you know, it was it was hard to make a plan for that chip on the yeah. fly for some managers, and uh, some people benefited from it later in the season, and so on. And yeah, uh, like to see an even playing field here. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I think they are thinking about that. I and mean, that, that it sounds like they were there. You know, they sent out this survey in the in the spring. You know, about asking about changes and stuff like that. So, so we'll see. I mean, but I think um, I mean, you know, all you have to do is look at Mo Salah, uh, who played a bunch of matches. And then went to the African Cup of Nations, played a ton of long matches once he uh, was there. And then he came back and he scored a goal like his first match back. And we're like, oh, great, he's back. And then it was like, nope. Like, he, he slumped for, for weeks yeah. and weeks. And the so, goal he scored yeah. coming back betrayed how emotionally and physically devastated he was. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so you know, I think I think it will have a big factor. But I think I, I'm not going to worry about it too much at the start of the season. Um, even though it's, it's, you know, again, it's almost like we need to see what the game design looks like before we can really figure that, that part of it out. Um, the second question is something I'm going to give a little more thought to though. Uh, Jonathan said, uh, thoughts on the impacts of five substitutes, which is the new change this year. They finally approved it. Basically not getting five substitutes was, what was like, like what le- led to the European super league, you know, briefly, like right. it was like this, <laughs> they were so mad about it. Um, you know, and how that's going to affect building a fantasy roster, especially the bench. Now, Brandon, before you respond, I will say, because I want to respond first, I guess. I don't know. Let me just Go, let, the floor let me is talk. yours, Jeff. Yeah. You um, have the talking stick. So I uh this reminds me of a question that came up last season, which was um, what do you do with um, you know, we, we could see some COVID cases this this you know this fall, it's not over yet. Should you build a roster with with COVID in mind? And maybe that affects how you sort of build your build your bench. Do you want to have sort of players from a mix of different teams just to be safe? And I was like, nah, I'm just, I'm just not going to worry about it that much. Right. If it happens, it happens. And it turns out it really would have been valuable 
to um, to take it a little more seriously and have a little more versatility in in my in my defense. I mean, in some ways, of course, you don't know which teams are going to be um, are going to are going to be we're going to be impacted. But I was very overloaded with like triple ups kind of across the board in a bunch of different teams. Yeah. Um, so the five subs. I mean, we already went through it once, right? We went through it the the COVID the the no fans in the stand season. Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out from a fantasy perspective. We were having a great discussion about this on our Patreon Slack and shout out to JCT, who is making a major case for how this is going to impact how we play fullbacks in fantasy. So you've got fullbacks who are attacking all match long. They're running up and down the touchline and Andy Robertson is going to get subbed at 70 minutes. Does this diminish his value as a fantasy asset. I would argue on the, uh, on the other hand, I, I would love to have a, a hugely attacking fullback like Robertson, who's probably going to get his attack, who, who could get his attacking points in the first 70 minutes. And then I get to lock that clean sheet in <laughs> yeah. for when everything goes absolutely bananas for the last yeah. 20 minutes. So there, you know, and then that's certainly a more conservative viewpoint of like, I'll take the, the points in hand at 70 minutes versus what I could potentially get. Now Robertson is running at an increasingly tired team in those final 20 minutes. Do you want that fullback who plays the full 90? The other thing is I don't want it to be all focused on defenders. Does the five substitution rule make players like Gelhard at Leeds or, you know, the numerous cheap strikers at Southampton more valuable because if things are sort of kind of going according to tactical plan and manager is maybe more likely to keep his number nine on for a full mm-hmm. 90 and he can just press a little bit, doesn't have to exert himself too much. I'm thinking of you, Mitrovic. Uh, but if you have five substitutions, why not save your forward for a big match the following weekend? Sub him right. out. And so do we see those cheap fantasy assets at 4.5 and 5.0 become more viable because even though they'll maybe just be getting 20 minutes per match, that will be happening much more, more frequently. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, God, you know, it makes me want to look back. I mean, I, I guess we should actually dig into this a little more and see how much of an issue it was. My recollection was that it made only Man City players a little more frustrating. Uh, mm-hmm. That was that was kind of the biggest factor because they have the largest squad and they're typically the ones who go the deepest into all the various cups that they're in. Right. And so there's, yeah. you know, there's, they're frequently resting a player for a cup final or, or a Champions League match or whatever. Um, and so that made it very frustrating. I think by the end of that COVID season, um, I, you know, the season with the, you know, 2020, the 2020, 2021 season, it felt like we kind of all stopped owning Man City players, you know, um, cause it was, it was, but I, I don't think early on that'll be a factor, but I think maybe in the second half of the season, the five subs could be a bigger issue. And I mean, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, it's a, cl- a club like uh, Arsenal, you know, um, they, uh, if they end up having, because I mean, they, you know, they already have some kind of double ups, right? They have, um, you know, a, a handful of, uh, you know, think of Gabriel and um, uh, Neil Smith Rowe, you know, like those, like those guys are already kind of fighting for a spot. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, so it might make you maybe a little more inclined to, to go with, uh, with the Mitrovic, right. Who sort of, will play every single match no matter what, right? He's going to get 70 minutes in every game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's interesting. I think um, I, I think it could be a factor, but it's it's just, it's yeah. a little... It might uh, not even just, it, it just might be a misnomer if you go back and look at so many City 
you know, match facts from last season. Yeah. Pep Pep was making one substitution a match. That's true. That is for it's and that's easier for Pep because he's got two full starting 11s that he can work with. He doesn't need to sub players out for the next match because he's got a whole other team he could play. It's a bigger deal for the smaller squads, right? That's true. Uh, Yeah, that's actually a good point because what kind of club makes a triple substitution? A club that's bad and losing. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Or a, or a club that's about to win a trophy, and these right. guys want that's some true. minutes and yeah. the fateful match. Well, if you want, if you want a, a final perspective on this, even though it'll be annoying to have your player who's doing great get subbed off in the seventy second minute more frequently, which will happen, think of all the players that you don't own scattered across all 20 teams uh-huh. who will also be getting subbed off early. Think about the joy that you will feel when people on Twitter complain about that player. Uh-huh. Being subbed. The yeah. schadenfreude, yeah. you know, will be off the charts next year. Yeah. Your anxiety is, is subtracted by a good 20 minutes, maybe on some players. Good point. All right, Brendan, the next question comes from that Joe guy, and let's do this one lightning round style. He says, any predictions specifically on position changes? And then he lists a few here. So I'm going to I'm gonna list the player, and yep. you can tell me uh, yes or no. Will mm-hmm. Salah become a forward? No. I mean, I think it's very debatable whether he should or shouldn't, but I think Salah is just such a piece of the FPL furniture at yeah. midfield that they'll they'll just keep them it's there. It's a weird thing. It's like either they're either those guys are all forwards or they're none of them are yeah. forwards, right? It's like the same it's like Sun is in the same, you know. Yeah. Um will St. Max become a midfielder? Yes, 100%. Will Matt Richard become sort of some sort of defensive midfield hybrid? <laughs> yes, I, I think so. I was reminded we were talking about will FPL uh, tweet out uh, price reveals before they launched the game and I was reminded about one season recently where Matt Ritchie was their first price reveal. And I just thought, who are the ad geniuses who came up with this one? <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was like, he was like 5.5, if I remember. Too. Yeah, it's just it like, really this like does not bode well, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Josh Big suggests, uh, and I, again, we'll keep this lightning round going here. Uh, Zaha back to a forward. I like it. I think that seems right. Maybe. I don't know. There's, it's very fluid up there. For Vieira. I think he should be a forward. I think that makes the most sense, especially near the end of the season. I felt like, yeah. you know, it's always, again, it's always tricky, right? It's like, you know, these guys are like, they're a little behind yeah. the central guy sometimes. Um, because he usually does play with another forward. Um, Johnny, Johnny D says, uh, Jota, Sun, and Havertz, all possible. I would say Jota and Havertz, the most likely. Sun, no. Yeah, Sun kind of falls into that solid category for me plus the fact that Kane you it's 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 not the same as Salamane both being midfielders and they kind of became you couldn't have it was difficult to justify having both Son and Kane that's just like chocolate and peanut butter at forward and midfield I, yeah it, it would works. bum me out if it didn't work out that way yeah I don't think I don't think he gets moved um I Havertz I could see that kind of makes sense I mean he basically played as a forward um late in that season so I can I can barely think about it because I just can't see myself ever having Havertz in my <laughs> team I really wanted it to work last season yeah. and you know he had great moments but mm. Bad times, bad memories. I'm still a little confused on the, the Chelsea. I, I mean, I guess it's just a weird transition for them, right? With the new man, with the new owner, yeah. um, a lot, of, a lot up in the air right now. And no, and no, Rudiger. It's like the saddest offseason move to me. I'm just, I love that guy. I'm so sad to yeah. see him go. 
Right. Yeah. He was definitely a life of the party sort of guy. Uh, all right. A couple more questions. Jamie says, is there a preferable strategy in terms of the time to build your FPL team at the start of a season? Is creating your team as soon as the game is released and then editing it over the course of the next several weeks likely to meet, lead to more successful outcomes than doing it at the last minute? You can do both, Jamie. You can tinker. I mean, how many times, Josh, have you tinkered, 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 and then at the last minute you end up with a deadline team that is completely different than anything Every year. Yeah, Yeah, so I I think you do both. Hey, first of all, rule number one for all fantasy addicts is as soon as the game launches, you jump in there, do an autocomplete team so you can get, uh, you know, a low team ID because, you know, we're psychopaths. It is useful though when you go to all these like live rank sites. You yeah, want to you want right. when you want to punch in your number. You know if you're punching in six four seven three two five nine one. You know yeah. it's a that's anything a longer than my social is just not getting into my brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think that uh, for me this year, and I've talked about this at the end of last season, and we'll, we'll talk more about this um, when the game properly launches. I am really going to take a big step back from from kind of getting strategy from Twitter. Like I'm going to try and I'm just going to try to use that as a place for fun and not a place where I try to, um, you know, gain strategy. And I'm also really going to make an effort not to, not to be checking my effective ownership over the course of this season. At least not, I don't mind doing it when the game week's over, you know, or, um, but Mm -hmm. like this kind of in the middle of the game week, knowing exactly how much every goal hurts. Cause I, I can't be optimistic about it. To me, it's always about how much it really hurts me. Right. It's like, Oh God, like, I, you know, it's like a goal for my player is less enjoyable than a, than the anguish I feel, you know, when someone else uh, that I don't know scores. And, and, you know, obviously that, like, it's not like I'm going to be like totally immune to that. Of course, I'm going to know who the highest owned players are. It's going to be part of the ether. Right. But like yeah. to not know exact or, or the, the one that I dislike the most, which is, Oh, most Salah scores, but everybody owns them already. And everybody captained him. You can see that from his, yeah you know, his effective ownership, um, for anybody who's, who's new to this concept, effective ownership just means, um, you know, how many players own him and you're kind of, it, it can be overall, but it can also be kind of in your like ranking band, everybody who's in the who's 200,000 overall, yeah. you know, 65% on them. And, and if you captain that player, which means you get double their points, then the effective ownership is doubled. Right. So most Salah, if he's 65% owned, and then everybody captains him would be a hundred and well, he'd be 200 in that case. He'd be, if he was 65% owned right, and everybody captain him, it would be, it'd be 130. Hmm. Um, obviously if he was a hundred percent owned and everyone captain him, it'd be 200%. So, um, you know, the, like the kind of dissatisfaction of him having him score and being like, well, who even cares? Cause everyone else captained him. Yeah. I don't want to go through that this year. Even if I kind of know it's don't true. Don't do it, Josh. Instinctively. You, yeah. you made a, you made a point too, that I think is germane to the, to Jamie's question about the, the anguish you feel when somebody scores that you don't have. This always happens in game week one. If you tinker too much, every F potential FPL player will cycle through your team. Yep. And then when you don't have them in your final draft, but they all score, yep. you're like, oh, but I, I had him. I mean, <laughs> I what a dumb decision I made to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. So that's the one case you could make for don't tinker at all. Do it last minute. Therefore, yeah. you don't have any of those players who it's you true. had at one point and no longer have, right? The problem is it's hopeless. There's yeah. no way around it. So you just have to accept that everybody is going to have everybody else. Like everybody is going to have owned everybody in the preseason. And like, just remember that, like, so it doesn't bug you as much because I, I i mean we all we all know that feeling um all right brandon the promoted corner a couple mm. questions here mm-hmm. uh first one comes from eric eric mm-hmm. sibbles he says question for brandon how soon will mitchell hurt me uh in a new york minute eric which is very fast i wow. 
Don uh, song. This is the role I play on the podcast, right, Josh? Like eternally skeptical mm-hmm. um, and uh, looking at looking for the negative outcome. It's true. But the concern with Fulham, and this is why Scott Parker dropped Mitrovic from Fulham's last Premier League campaign, is because the guy's slow. He's he's a wonderful striker, obviously. He proved that in the championship last season, but he's not mobile. And wherever Fulham suffered during their campaign last season, it was when they got pressed by an opposing team. Like yeah. Largely, Fulham got to dictate the play in the championship last season and they're just not going to be able to do that in the premier league and they're going to get pressed by virtually every team yeah uh so i a i'm concerned about mitrovich's output because of that and b i'm slightly concerned about the minutes he's gonna get if like if fulham struggle right out of the gates fulham is probably going to be the first guy to get toyed around with in terms of what do you do with that position Moise Keane has been rumored to be looking at a Fulham move weird he was terrible at Everton (laughs) he's really not found it I mean he he's gone to some great clubs yeah Juve right just never never found a home but I think Marco Silva might be looking for some forwards who can who are a little bit more mobile a little more athletic got it so for Metro you know, you've got the talismanic thing. He's on pens. It's strictly a price calculation, I think, for him. If he comes in at six or six point five, and he's our- not though, right? I mean, he scored fifty goals last year. He's going to come in at like seven point five. Then, if if that's the case, then I just don't. We, you can't you can't play with him. I don't think <laughs> he, that that for me. Yeah. There are going to be cheaper. There are going to be number nines cheaper than Mitrovic who it's are going like, to have yeah. as good value, right? We just went through this with Ivan Tony, right? We were like, well, 6.5 feels like a lot for a kind of unknown player and a promoted. I mean, obviously, he wasn't, wasn't unknown. He was, he was golden boot winner that year. But, like, you know, for a player and promoted squad, like, uh, but you know what? He was so good last year, and the yeah. fixtures are good. Let's bring him in. And, yeah, I, I don't want to play that game again. So I, I'm with yeah. you. I, I don't really plan to have Mitro. Um, I haven't actually looked at the beginning of Fulham's schedule. I don't know if you've seen who they play early on, but I, you know, I, I, I mean, they, I their opening matches against Liverpool. So oh, okay, great. So he's already off the table. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Ivan Tony, and it's sacrilege for a Fulham fan to call out another West London striker, but maybe Tony is the guy who's taking that Mitra spot for game week one in our sides. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if, if, if what you're saying is true, he'll probably be cheaper than Mitro. Tony will. Yeah. He was a very frustrating player last year. He probably shouldn't have been. It wasn't, maybe it wasn't fair to him. He ended up having a perfectly good season, you know, yeah, but it, right. and he's a really, and he's like, I mean, it, he's a player who the fantasy game doesn't serve him well in some ways. Cause it makes you look at him in a certain way, but he's actually like a absolutely wonderful player to watch. Like yeah. he's a really, like, he's just a great passer. It seems like he's like really, um, just he just seems like he's really smart. He just feels like he really like like you know is like paying attention to everything that's going on in the game. Mm-hmm. And um, and so yeah, I think that um, I I love to see him uh, become a fantasy asset though, just because I it's fun to have players yeah. in your team you actually like. You know, yeah. it it isn't always the path to success, unfortunately. But you know, it's uh, we've all owned Sam or Nazri at certain points, Brandon. You know, you <laughs> uh-huh. you got to uh, you know have some players you don't really love. <laughs> all right, uh, Tom Campbell, another promoted team question. Tom Campbell says, uh, "Nice to hear from Tom Campbell, Brandon, hey, Tom. the mayor." Mayor of FPL. He says, how excited are the cheaters for the turn of the Bournemouth defense? I think I speak for the entire listener base when I say, I can't wait to hear your new and creative ways to lambast them. 
I mean, this is not Eddie Howe's defense anymore, Tom. And I can't believe we're going to have our first FPL podcast of this season. And there's going to be two shout outs for Scott Parker. But this is, you know, Parker plays a conservative style. I mean, Bournemouth are a different team now. They're not going to score any goals. They're going to keep a handful of clean sheets. That's the brief on Bournemouth. I am interested. You know, I wasn't like... I, I have some residual. I don't actually really know much about their championship campaign, but I, uh, I just wasn't. I mean, I think you were Dominic Solanke is yeah. is the story there, and he yes, was always speaking, talented, you know. Yeah, yeah, but just a perennial Premier League washout. Yeah. So um, yeah, you got to worry for them a little bit, at I least for, a, from the goal scoring perspective. I have a residual fondness for them just because they were so um, fun during those early Howe years yeah. uh, in the Premier League, and so yeah, and, and you know, I think them, and then and then. Um, and then Forrest coming out too is fun. I mean, I watched the championship final and they're sort of, you know, they seem like they're probably, I'm sure they're going to be picked 20th in most of these. Yeah. Um, just that, 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 the, the team that wins the playoff usually mm-hmm. is, you know, but like, but we'll see. I mean, I just, it's fun to have a new, anytime the, the, the three clubs come up and one of them is brand new, yeah. you know, in terms of like the last decade of, of Premier League. Um, it's just, it's just a fun, it makes the season a yeah. little more fun. And, and shout out to Mark the shark on our Slack, who is a forest fan, but here's, here's one for the wish list, Josh. Uh, FPL Godfather, Mark Southerns is a noted Nottingham Forest fan. Could we get him on the podcast to talk about Forest? That would be, that's what mm. I want to see happen. We got some Forest requests. You know, I, I, the Forest fans have been coming out of the woodwork, Brandon. I think yeah. I've already... Okay. I've already promised. Well, uh, this is sorry, what you Mark, get. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> You're bumped. You're bumped, buddy. <laughs> this is the beauty of getting like a historic club. I mean, when Leeds came up, he's just they have such a huge fan base that's you know global. Uh, so, oh uh, yeah, shout uh, out to Tristan Lomas, Brandon, uh-huh. uh, Nottingham Forest fan, who reached out to us about about coming on the club. So we'll see if we can make it work. But I, I did. He was, he was so. Um, generously volunteering to come on that i thought i'd give him a quick shout out so um, prediction this is going to be yeah. the new middlesburger uh, uh we need to just start calling them forest because our pronunciation of nottingham <laughs> is not going to please anybody i can tell you that <laughs> why are there so many hams what is that? <laughs> it's short for hamlet is that what it is uh, yeah i guess i don't know uh, anyway so let's um yeah, I actually think for our UK trip, it would be it's, it's pretty far away. I think it's like up near Leeds, right? But it would be fun to to go to Nottingham on our UK trip. Like, mm-hmm. can we go to Sherwood Forest while we're up there? Like, I want to do the whole let's hit the, the whole, whole all Robin the forest trip. You know, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, uh, more to talk about with the promoter clubs and everybody else. Um, a lot more to talk about in general, but um, yeah. I'm glad we got the ball rolling here a little bit. Uh, one final question from Paul Parsons. He says. Top five FPL point scoring players this season. Who you got? Who do I have? I mean, I feel like I'm going to be in the pro Holland camp to start the season. So my prediction is Holland is a hit. Yeah. Holland, uh, Holland's uh, Holland Sala, right? That's, 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 those, those two are definitely in the top five. Yeah. And I think Kane steps it up. I think, you know, going back to Byron Brew and wondering if the world, the world cup and its imminence, impact anybody i mean kane uh i think kane will be up for it uh looking yep. ahead to qatar uh so we have kane holland sala uh who's one out of left field that we yeah. are not thinking of like could gabriel jesus have like an amazing season for arsenal like if they just play no. him all the time no you know? i don't think so what about a chelsea player like somebody who hasn't like totally shined yet you know like uh 
I don't know. Could like maybe like could Pulisic finally earn his spot and you know Ben Chilwell. Yeah, yeah, defender. That's true. We hadn't thought about a defender. Yeah, you have Trent, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I'll, I'll, the answers are kind of boring because in the end, it's like it's, the season starts yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, the forwards. Like, there's no good options. Look at who's like in the top ten, yeah. and the season ends and you're like, right, it's Kane, Ronaldo. You know, it's like yeah. kind, of, kind of all the traditional, you know, the usual suspects. Yeah, the question you want to ha- ask Paul, and I mean, maybe Paul's just keeping tabs. He wants to see how wrong we get this easy sure. question at, sure. at the start of the season. But who are the like? Who are like the middle? 10 fpl like in yeah, the top 20 the top who are the who are the middle yeah guys? who who are in the second cut of rough uh yeah that's that's a good question uh i like yeah. that let's do a second cut of rough pod i think that's a good one <laughs> that is a good that is a good idea uh all right well yeah let's, let's actually yeah let's, let's we'll put a put a um uh, put a put a cap in that right now, and put Great. a cap in that. Put yeah, you put a pork a, in you, it. You, you just killed it. You just killed that bit. You capped it. Uh, you want to put a pin in it. <laughs> put a, what yeah, you or put a pin or a cork in it. Um, all right. Well, thanks everyone for helping us uh, work out the kinks here as we get yeah. back into uh, potting form here. It's a we're in, yeah. This is like a, this is like a uh, this is like our preseason friendly right here, Brandon. Mm-hmm. So uh, forgive the sloppiness. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, I uh, as I noted have a vacation next week, and so we'll be back. Um, in early July, uh, once the once the game launches, we're back yeah. in full. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to enjoy the next week, I guess. we got at least a full week until the game launches. It's like so, being on the front yeah. lines. You don't know when your day is coming, yeah, when, exactly. <laughs> when it's over. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. you know when you know. There's a long season ahead, a lot of fantasy to come. Enjoy this bonus week that the game has given you and, yes. uh, get, and, get, a, and get even more hyped for the launch. Yeah, and as you mentioned at the top of the show, Josh, if you want to sign up for our Patreon and get more FPL content in return, it's free through the end of June, and then we're back live in July. Go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. As always, we like to thank our producer patrons, and those fine folks are Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, the big gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus, Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uong, Shiv Morjoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Managed by Lasso, Francis Mann, Sam Shower, Jeremy Spiker, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Volger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, and Bob Fox. Don't ever miss an episode of Always Cheating. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're so kind, give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter, at HellCheaters, wherever you get your social media. And our website is alwayscheating.com, where you can find all this information and more. Josh, as soon as that FPL site launches, the Always Cheating Super League is back in action. We'll post that mini-league code elsewhere. And that's a big benefit of being a Patreon supporter, is you get to join our various uh, prize leagues and uh, all sorts. Like I, I'm involved in so many mini leagues every season, as you are too. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a blast. So yeah, we've got lots lots more to come, lots of Patreon stuff uh, to come as well, and lots of like really cool. You know, I know, like I feel like everybody always says, "Oh, we got a lot in store for you," but we actually do have a lot in yeah, store uh, over the next month. Yeah, yeah the next couple months actually. So, uh, more to come on there, and I, I can't wait to reveal some of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can find us. We're still kind of easing our way back in, but that first week of July, we are fully back. So we'll see you then. Bye. Poku forever. <laughs>